Citizens of the Earth, you will be destroyed. Welcome to Kaiju Carnival, where we explore the worlds of horror, sci-fi, and fantasy. I'm Justin. And I am Jenny. And we're just two dorks that love watching movies and love talking about it. So if that's your thing, you are in the right place. Today, we are talking about the 2012, I guess you would call it like a kind of a psychological thriller, Barbarian Sound Studio. And now it's time for everyone's favorite part of the show. Jenny sums up the movie. Okay, so it is... This movie is about an English sound mixer that heads over to Italy to be part of a movie uh, that's about horses or what he thinks is about horses. It turns out to be a horror slash giallo film, which he becomes detached from reality and slowly loses his mind. Yeah, that's actually a pretty good explanation of this film. Let's jump into our top three things about this film all right this film was incredibly slow but i thought that they did a really good job of making normal acts like example that being mastering for a film which to me is like the tedious the most tedious task right is going in and doing all your sound design i've done it you've done it it usually takes me just as long to do like the sound mastering as it does editing the entire film just because i suck at sound but they took that like super tedious task of like mastering sound for a film and through their use of like a mixture of close-ups, extreme close-ups, insert shots, and they edited it all together um, with the audio that they chose to use to actually make it sort of compelling to me to what was going on in the scenes. Because if you think about it, the entire movie is just really, it's really just like people doing sound for a film. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, I, I thought they did a pretty good job. They made it seem menacing. The first thing I loved about this film was the B-roll. I love like the simple little movements that goes with the old timey way of creating sound. Um, but I noticed that as the movie progresses and as the stress, stress level heightens, uh, the, the uneasiness uh becomes more apparent even the b-roll starts to starts to show it's uh it's wear and tear so it kind of went along with the it kind of grew with the intensity of the film yeah for sure as we go along you kind of in a sense you know you kind of understand his loss on his own sanity throughout i'm not really sure though what was driving him mad about this film production though i mean he had some shitty bosses and he wasn't he was very uncomfortable doing the sound editing for like some of the scenes in this film because he was not expecting to be working on a horror film which the director you know kept denying that it was a horror film he thought that it was above you know like he was making the most profound piece of art you know known to man and he just refused to call it horror yeah, because I think that like horror to him was like a cheap film. Yeah, but to me, he, he that guy was really just like a super arrogant director. You know what I mean? Like he didn't seem like any genius to me. He kind of just seemed like a piece of shit. So 
So the number two thing that I liked about this film is I've always been pretty fascinated with like Foley art because I just like wonder how those guys come up with those ideas of like, oh, celery sounds like bone snapping, right? Um, Stabbing lettuce sounds like you're stabbing somebody. Um, You know, dicing up watermelon sounds like you're cutting somebody up. God, what was the other one? Oh, they were like drowning heads of lettuce in the water tub you know, to, yeah. to make the sound of drowning. And I just always thought like Foley art was really cool. And that's something that people don't think that they do anymore. But like whenever I'm doing sound for one of our short films, you know, we use a, you know, service online. And instead of like looking up like arm breaking, like I'll just look up like celery snap and it'll be in, in the catalog of sounds that they have recorded. Um, so, I mean, they're still used in films today. I think people just assume, like, you're not hearing Celery Snap anymore. But, yeah, most of the time it is. Yeah, that's that's one of the the things that I loved about this film um, was it, it was basically a movie about creating a movie. But it, it to me, it's the most unglamorous part of creating a movie. It really uh, is. It's kind of tedious work because, like you said, like finding sounds, even even with the services online, it's not like, cause you, you think about, you have to almost imagine what the sound could be. Um, yeah. Because when you're, when you're searching for a, like a Boeing sound, like you're going to get the most cartoony Boeing, but maybe that's not what you're looking for. So you have to think like, what else could sound similar to that? The Boeing sound, the specific Boeing sound that I, that I want. <laughs> and, uh, it's pretty difficult to find it. I remember working on films and man, like over like a month of just searching for sounds and you, you fall into this like black hole where all you're doing is just listening to music and listening to sound effects and you haven't really progressed that far in, in your actual production, <laughs> but you've just been, you've been listening to different sounds for hours on end. I know, dude. I'll I'll spend like an hour just listening to like Celery Snap just to find the the one that sounds the most correct to me. You know, it'll be yeah. like half an hour, an hour, and I'm like, I gotta just pick something. But yeah, it's 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 really cool that you know they kind of incorporated that into the film. My number three thing about this film is the camera work. I think half of this film was insert shots. Like I kind of want to go back again and watch it to like kind of count like the insert shots that they do <laughs> because I was trying to pay attention to the story. So whenever I'm doing that, I'm not really taking good notes. You want to explain what an insert shot is? Yeah. So an insert shot is typically from the point of view of the character and it brings your focus to something that's in the scene. Right. So for instance, whenever he's working, and it goes to his equipment and it like shows him clicking a button or the the you know um the reel spinning or something like that but it's supposed to draw your attention to kind of what's happening in that scene so my third favorite thing um that i enjoyed about the about the film was the uh specifically the watermelon scene i never knew that watermelon can sound so horrific uh you know, it's it was basically just watermelons getting chopped and two men watching a movie. But just the sound of that the watermelons were were making 
it was almost it was so unappetizing because you yeah. can imagine what these guys were actually like watching even though they didn't show anything um but but just the the chopping of the watermelon it was kind of like instead of seeing watermelon you kind of saw body parts yeah dude that's actually a really good point is that they don't show you what's happening in the film that they're doing sound for at all so it kind of leads your imagination to be like oh what kind of fucked up stuff is he like looking at right now right because there's that one scene where one of the witches was being tortured and he just kept missing his cue because he was staring at the screen and he he was just like zoned out, like Mm -hmm. watching this horrific thing happen on the screen. Right. And he's like a really timid dude to begin with. Yeah. That's a really good point. And I I think so. You don't think he's timid? No, I feel like, yes, he is timid, but he's English. I think it has a lot to do with this film is like, he is a is he's an Englishman and he, you know, they don't I think typically uh the English don't like uh to create any waves. They kinda go with the flow. They don't wanna disturb anything. And versus the Italians, I mean that's why they kind of brought up like you gotta be rude if you want something done. You know, you you can't be nice guy. Now we're gonna talk about Horror movie rules. Now this pertains to basically the uh, Gil Gil Gilroy. If you know you can't handle horror movies, get out when you can. Yeah, that's kind of the thing, right? Is he didn't know that he was going to be working on a horror film until he showed up. And then it's almost like he was too, I think he was too timid. Do you think he was just too polite to quit? But it seemed like he did not want to be working there once he found out it was a horror film. Well, I was a little bit confused because I don't know if he was saying that he was strapped for money because he really was strapped for money or he was just trying to like push the uh the refund of the flight which he never took. Yeah, that never got resolved about the flight never existed. I thought that was going to mm-hmm. come up later on. Uh mm-hmm. but it, it never I I didn't see where it got resolved at all, so. Yeah, that was a little bit um it left me like I was like, oh, okay, we're gonna find out like what the backstory is. Well, we never did. So let's talk about our favorite characters. I lo- liked uh, Toby Jones's character, and to me, he was very timid and kind of reserved throughout the film. But that one scene where he had to step in for the Foley artists, uh, God, what what was their names? They had the same name. There was two of them. Anyways, those guys got sick and he had to step in for the Foley artist and, you know, he's stabbing the cabbage and he messes up, messes up on the first attempt. So then he has to do it again. And just the look on his face when he's stabbing the cabbage and he's watching whatever horrific scene is on the screen. To me, he looked like super dark and like he was like actually murdering something at that point. Mm -hmm. So I really love the character that was uh francesco uh he was very i love characters that are very blunt 
and straight to the point. Um, I felt like he was a very professional, even though he was extremely rude. He he really got the job done as best you can. I mean, you want guys like that on your side when you're when you're making a film. And but he was also not afraid to make comments about uh, Toby Jones's character when he kind of he meets the director for the first time and then he has to like like you don't you don't dish, dish, dish out like all the bad stuff that you want to um, kind of address on on your first impression. And he was like so quick to like point that kind of stuff out. Now it's time for kill of the movie. <laughs> So I got to give this one to that head of lettuce, you know, that got stabbed to death by Toby Jones's character uh, because there was no kills in this movie. I I kind of thought this was going to be a horror film and it kind of turned out to be like a psychological film instead. I also thought that there was going to be. Um, I, I thought that Toby Jones's character was going to become a psychopath at the end of this film. Yeah, I thought he was going to murder people. Yeah. Yeah, but all we saw was produce, uh, produce get killed and um, basically start rotting. I can't imagine the smell in that studio. Yeah, empty that fucking bucket. Are you kidding That's me? Disgusting. Uh, yeah. Yeah, dude. Like empty it at the end of the day. What are you guys doing? <laughs> so my favorite scene in the film is late at night when Toby Jones's character is you know in the office working. And one of the actresses, Sylvia, comes by and she says, hey, my throat's better. I can scream now. He's like, it's late. And she's like, I need to scream, right? So she goes into the booth and it starts up as like a medium close-up shot. And it just keeps zooming out. At first it's slow, but then it picks up speed and it zooms like all the way out until, you know, she's just a very faint picture in the background and then that disappears too. I was like, man, that's a really cool shot. Well, this sucks because that's exactly what my favorite shot was. <laughs> 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 and I'll tell you why. Um, I felt like as like if you if you start to understand her character, I feel like that fading out was a little bit I mean, obviously she just needed to scream, so already she just has this like anger and a bunch of other emotions that she needs to get out and i feel like her screaming and then fading away into this small little box of a of a scene um is kind of like a symbolic way of how her how she felt and how things were going with this with this um the longer she stuck around to create this film yeah so i thought that was pretty powerful now there wasn't a lot of really awesome shots in this film um and and it's funny because as she started screaming i kind of knew that that was not that i'm a a a fortune teller or a psychic or anything but i kind of felt like that was the next move on this shot was it was going to go really really small it felt right that that would have been what they would do with this with the scene oh wow maybe you are a fortune teller or psychic because i would have never guessed that oh really yeah yeah um but but like i said there wasn't a lot of like real challenging shots and maybe they didn't need it to add for this to this film 
I'd have to watch it again to really dissect the cinematography. Like I said, I thought the cinematography was pretty good throughout. Like if you go back and watch, just watch it for the cinematography and the editing, I think that it's, it's done really well. Um, but like I said, it's only on my first go through. I don't know if I'll watch this one again, just because it was so slow. It was slow. And then they also left a lot of things open-ended. And uh, I felt like the Toby Jones's character was kind of sluggish. So I don't know. I'm not sure if he was even the, like, I don't know if he made the movie a little bit more slow than what it needed to be. Like, I know he's a great actor. It's just that his character that he played in this seemed like it needed a little bit more life um, to make this film a little bit more interesting. But I didn't like how we have so many questions at the end of this film. Yeah, for sure. I can totally see why people wouldn't like this film, right? Because it is very slow. There's a lot of stuff that's not explained in this film, right? The plane trip to Rome, the um, kind of how towards the end of the film, he switches to speaking perfect Italian after speaking no Italian. I think that was him picturing himself, maybe. I'm I'm not really sure what was going on there. And then it, the film just ends completely abruptly. Also, you know, there were they, you know, this is a pretty good portion not a good portion um a clues to what was going on was the uh, letters to, from mom now we all you could tell that he's a mama's boy very yeah. attached attached to mom and the you know when mom was talking about the birds and it was everything was kind of oh can't wait for you to come home and you can see you know these little birdies i forgot what they called them cliff cliff chicks or something like that Chick, I don't remember, flips. yeah. <laughs> Some kind of a bird. And then um when things were going like the worst for him, well, actually it was a little bit before things got really bad. Um the birds got, you know, slaughtered and then it was like a terrible letter. Um but then everything else started collapsing like pretty close after that. But it's just like what does that mean? What does that mean for this character? Did that yeah. is that the what is that what set him off? Was the letters and finding out the stuff from mom? <laughs> I don't know what set him off, man. It just seemed like his boss was an asshole and he didn't like his job. But there was a, yeah, there's a lot of unanswered. You know, him stepping into his closets, right, and then kind of going into that dream world. I was like, is this some Narnia shit that's going on right now? Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, overall, I liked it. Um, like I said, I get why people maybe might not like it. It's very slow, but, uh, I think the cinematography was cool. Yeah. I, I didn't like it so much, but I did, I did enjoy the, <laughs> the Italian side of it. Um, just the way that everybody was rude to each other and there's a lot, you could tell like, there was a lot of drama going on. Like that's the kind of crowd that, that they were running with. And then throwing this like very meek English guy in the mix of it um, and kind of kind of running him ragged to like get the work done. Um, I don't think the I don't think the, the story was very strong. And 
honestly in the end i was like why did they even produce this i feel like there's just it needed a little bit more work <laughs> that's how i felt um there were there's some good things about this film but yes it was very slow we'll not watch it again uh and i don't really think i could recommend it because it would be a very small niche type of person that would really enjoy this type of film I, I agree with you on that part. I think you kind of got to be a film nerd to kind of appreciate this film at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and even then, because there's been films this year that we like I've tried to watch and I just couldn't get through it. You know, like a great example of that is uh, Skin and Marink, right? Everyone said it was amazing, bro. I couldn't make it past 15 minutes of that film. It could just be because, you know, I can't, I got a really short attention span. So I'm actually surprised I was able to pay attention to this. It's probably because I was taking notes while I was watching it. Um, so that kind of broke my, you know, broke it up for me, but. No, that's not it. That was a really difficult movie to even get through the first 30 minutes. This one or Skin and Marink? No, Skin and Marink. Oh yeah, dude, I can't, I still can't watch it. I, I've tried multiple times, can't do it, but. It was almost like a, a film student created that. <laughs> <laughs> hey man against I, film students if i can make the money that those guys made i'll probably create something like that too okay thanks for joining us this week on kaiju carnival please check us out on instagram at kaiju underscore carnival and make sure to subscribe uh you know rate our podcast leave us a comment everything you do helps us grow and please send us an email just send us anything telling us that you're out there listening it really does make our our, make us feel better (laughs) all right we'll see you next week